Man, you we talking about good fabric. You can't say feel that thing is soft all in the same. <laughs> yeah. Come on, bro. This the house that Freddie built right here, bro. Nah, nah. I, I got. I probably contributed two percent, one percent, twenty some years ago. That's, that's a Fred Taylor facility. Man, Freddie T, Mark Brunel back in nineteen seventy four. <laughs> I remember, man, remember, it was Freddie T, Terry Bradshaw, oh, wow. <laughs> Mean Joe Green, going Franco, going <laughs> him and Franco, a AMC Supremacy. <laughs> him and Frank. I remember Fred got his face mask for the first time. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yeah, I really man. did. This is nice, bro. Yeah, this, this is will make me want to come to work. Get to the playoffs. They're trying, get get, they trying to get that Super Bowl. Can't hide money. You no can't hide con. You got to try to find a way to get free agents to town, too. Facilities help. Florida, no state tax. So that's one one thing that'll... Money going to be on top. Right. But do you pick a team off the state tax? Miami. You, Miami. Wanna, you already got a problem with FICA. I know you didn't know who the FICA was. When you first opened your first check. Boy, exactly. Boy, boy. And to see only that and no state tax is beautiful. Yeah, thing. Mike... Uh, Did you see that thing floating on social media with Robert Ory? And James Harden, mm -mm. it was six championships or 300 million. 300 million. What would you take? Depends on how many million I get. How many million I have. 300. It's the NBA. You but I'm saying, it. what if, I mean, what if Robert Ory is happy with his 100 million? I think it was like 58 million or so. That's never I, enough money. I get if it, I have 100 million, I don't want 300 million. I want no, every goddamn dime of everything. It's not, it's, not about, it's not about wanting it. Like, life happens different for everybody. But we can agree, though, that in- 300 million in, in, is better than 50, yes. Well, yeah, that part, but I mean, <laughs> yes, in NFL free agency. Facilities, that's where it started. That, that matters, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And this is beautiful. I think it started in colleges, though. Them kids going to colleges. 100%. They get to the league and they're like, bro, this, this is poop. garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. They're going to they, say, they got no recruited, now they get recruited this. again. <laughs> this is for the defense only? There's an offense one and it's two. Come on, Fred, let's go. Fred, mm -hmm. get on the line. He's not going to be able to get up. Somebody blow the whistle. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, I'm, hey, halfway <laughs> down the, I'm halfway down the car. If one of y'all would have tore something, <laughs> it would have been the most horrific moment in pivot history. I was on top of Fred before he even got up. Social yeah. media gold. <laughs> this guy. And I was gonna, I was gonna commentate it too. <laughs> Fred <laughs> Taylor, hop up off the ground. <laughs> I'm gonna breathe hard for ten minutes. This is all digital. This is all digital. Yep. Kurt controls all this from his office. Kurt got a little glamour shot. That's hard. Yeah, that's tight. This is nice, man. This yeah, Jinx is, go get it. Oh, Jinx go. Yeah. Jinx can flat out play. Slightly jealous right now. And this is practice. Slight practice. 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 practice? This is practice for some. <laughs> this is where they live. This is, this is show you my favorite here. part of every every uh, locker room. I don't even want to hear it, bro. Oh man! I hope there's no LSU helmet. Come up on there. now, you can't have a football team without an LSU helmet, man. God, this is so dope. It's, this is obviously our college wall. Yeah. Each week, when the rankings come out, we're gonna re-rank them. So the top two, mm. the top twenty-five. That's dope. Is this legit preseason ranking right this now? Is not or legit. Is it? It's like the ESPN something poll. Got it. Yeah, that's, why, that's why Florida's on the second row. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I went to Florida State, so after the second, after the first game, LSU will probably be dropping. Oh, wow. Florida that's crazy. I love an ally. I forget about that one. <laughs> so, and each week we'll, re we'll dress the mannequin as to what right. we're wearing. Okay. The so the guys okay, can see because, you know, they pick their gloves and cleats. Based on that. Correct. Correct. They can see it. Got it. Oh. Man, the game has gotten a little bit easier so crazy, for everybody. Man. Jeez.
didn't care what y'all wearing. Nice. We used to go play football. You didn't care what gloves you wore? Damn, what nothing was going on. I was running. It's not about your glove color helping you. It's about me feeling better as I walk onto the field. <laughs> you remember back in the day the IOUs on the on the napkin? Yes. I ain't no more of that. It's Venmo, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, you give it to me out. right now. Right. Give oh, it to I owe me. you. I owe you. Yeah, I pay for your haircut. Yeah. Here we go. Big man, what's up with you? Good? Let's Let's do it right now. Hey, Fred, you in the studio? I was good. Good to see you, dude. Can't complain. How about yourself? So you and that security man played together, huh? (laughs) You know, beautiful. (laughs) This man we about to go talk to. He's a beautiful human, man. He brings the sunshine out. Caveman features a little bit. Well, it's because he's tall. Trevor would be fine if he was short. No, not at all. So your height makes you look better? Bro. I'm telling you, the way women see 5'11 and 6 foot, totally different, bro. <laughs> what? No, no, totally no, different thing. If you are an attractive person at 5'8, you're attractive at 6'3. His hair is it's glorious. It's, it's way so if you're attractive at 6'3, you're not attractive at 5'8? If you're at 6'3 and you got the same face, yeah. compared to a 5'8 guy, 6'3 guy gets way more women. Get more women because the height, but I'm talking about just attractiveness. But you're, you're less attractive because you're short. Does hair matter? Hair matters if your face is not great. I don't need no hair to <laughs> Hey, first of all, the Waffle House is excellent. Waffle House is terrible. <laughs> you gotta go. To Waffle you go, House? You gotta go at least once. I just go, no, man, I'm a waffle it's... guy, cheese eggs, hash browns, grits. It's places that you make enough money you don't have to go to anymore. <laughs> I have worked, because I don't like talking about money, but I say I've worked too hard. I got you. I work too hard to go to the goddamn Waffle House. <laughs> I do. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on the mission, get me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, only vision I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Uh, way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on the mission, get me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Welcome to the pivot. Now, I just want you to look at Freddie T <laughs> and say thank you for what he did for this organization. The only reason this organization stands is because Freddie T. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. But we all need one of those. It's a, le- <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a legendary. We can do it. What is it? The jersey swap? <laughs> we need we to can swap it out. That's right. Sure. But, not, but Trevor, man, for real, like we just have a lot of respect for what Fred did, not only in Jacksonville, but throughout his 13 years in the league. But man, when he played here, this was a hell of a place to come and have to play defense. It was difficult. It was physical. It was fast. And, you know, his contributions, I've been messing with him about it, but his contributions to this locker room and to this team, based on what we felt in other locker rooms, was monumental, uh, much like you're doing already in your career. Freddie T needs no introduction here. That's Channing Taylor. I'll trade you. Take, take a hat. Take a hat. Take a hat. I'm wearing this today. You want to be a jack. Yeah, with, you, can't, you can't fit that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you go to hell. How about yeah, that? You got, you got that's a game one? Is that a, <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's Original. A, that's official right there. Yeah. I'm taking this. Anything that I got or had, George got it on lock. That's my guy. So. Trev, man, it's you're from a small town from Cartersville, the Purple Hurricanes. Yep. And you would think when you talk small town teams, because listening to you talk, just the, the humility that you move with, the love for people, you could tell it's because you're from a close-knit community. But your community has a number one and number two overall pick. So we can't downplay it like Ronnie Brown isn't also. That's true. But you know, isn't also from there. But with all of the attention that has been heaped on you since 
starting in the fifth game of your freshman year, you've managed to stay even kill and remain yourself. What did Cartersville provide for you to be able to keep that level of humility through all of the bright lights? My family, for one. I think it didn't matter where I grew up. My family has always instilled in me humility. I think that's been something that I've always come back to. And then, you know, I found my faith, you know, early on my freshman year of college. And that alongside it, because my, my, my family has a big faith background. My parents, um, very strong believers. So, but when I found it for myself, I think all that kind of coincided with, you know, that's that humility aspect. That's how you treat people. And I always believed treat people how you want to be treated. And I think it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if, you know, now, like if you're, if you're my teammate, if you work here, if you do whatever, if I just met you outside of the stadium, on the street, like I try to treat, treat everybody the same. But that goes along with coming from a small town uh, where everybody knows everybody, you know. I think that's kind of, that was also ingrained with me. So I think everything worked together. And then obviously Clemson. Clemson's not a very big town either. I mean, y'all have all probably been there, seen it. Not a ton going on there. And the same thing is I think, you know, like I said, my faith is important in my life as I really do believe God orchestrated my steps and put me in the right positions and Clemson and Coach Sweeney and the people I was surrounded with, met some of my best friends. I think I've always, not that it's always been my choice, I think I've been protected in the sense where I've always had the right people around me, even when I didn't know it. But looking back on my life, I'm like, man, I've been surrounded by good people. Like no one can do it on their own. And I think that's a testament to all those things. Long, long answer, but that's that's what it is. And let's go back to Cartersville because RC brought up Ronnie Brown, and we actually drafted the same year to the Dolphins. He was a first oh, round yeah? pick. I was a third round pick. So right. Ronnie's that's like my brother. Yeah. So I did a little research <laughs> in Cartersville. I'll lay the story up for you to tell. I could tell it if you'd like me to, but there was a situation and you almost didn't make it to the game. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened in the that Ronnie game? told you this? Yes. Oh man. Yeah, we had <laughs> I don't want to put him on blast on camera. <laughs> no, I had a little stomach issue before. I can't remember. I guess it might have been a playoff game. But I remember, all I remember is it was either in the playoffs or right before. And we were, we were coming out, about to go out of the locker room to go to the game. And I was like, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. And they would always, I had stomach problems. I still kind of do. But all in high school and college, they'd always keep like a Sprite. Sprite didn't work at all. Uh, so I go, I go in the bathroom. They all leave. The locker room's empty. And I'm... I'm in there, someone comes in there, hey, we're about to kick off. So I get up, I sprint down the hill. We're, we're receiving too. So we catch the kickoff. I put my, my helmet on and like run out there without even throwing a ball before the game. <laughs> it's like, so that's exactly what he's talking about. And, and, and one other thing, they said uh, a squirrel fell out the roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are y'all doing in Carter's? The squirrels are falling out the roof? So we had, we always had this guy. Um, his name's Coach Gross. He did a lot of our talks before the game. You know, he had like a little devotion type thing. And then, but it was this little locker room under the stadium. So it wasn't our main locker room. It was where we'd come out of like the smoke, you know, before the game. And we we're sitting in there and the squirrel just drops out of the ceiling and it's running around like everywhere and everyone's <laughs> trying to kick it. <laughs> so that was, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how up. you got a hold of those two stories. <laughs> oh, man, I, I got some I more, forgot man. those even happened. Let me make some calls, man. Yeah. I some. <laughs> hey, Trev, so you're, you're a middle child between Chase and Olivia, yep. and, and much like in my house, my, my middle son, he was wide open. He, he's wild, uncontrollable. He just wants the attention somehow. And uh, I was reading, much like Channing, trying to find some stuff for this, your father, Jeremy. He said you were either wide open or asleep 
it was no in between for yeah. you as you guys started to play the game. So back in Cartersville in your upbringing, can you define or can you take us through a few defining moments that prepared you for, you know, high school, college, and now as you sit here in the NFL? The way he described it, I was like, I was just a wild kid, which is funny now because I think my my personality and my demeanor's way different, way calmer. Um, I think I've kind of been, I've have had to do that as I've gotten older, though. It's kind of just the spot I'm in, but I was wide open as a kid. And I always loved sports, and my my family, uh, my uncles and my dad, my, so my dad never played. He played, like, youth football, but never played in high school or college or anything like that, but my uncles did, and we were all super close, and they're from, they're from Tennessee, so big Tennessee fans. Right. So I've always had that, like, love for sports, and so I could channel it, and that was what, so that's what I did when I was a kid. Ever since I was four, I was wearing like a Tennessee helmet. I wanted to play football and all that. So it, like it just kind of kept, that's how, you know, my childhood started with sports and then just carried over. Right. It was cool because Fred mentioned Chase and Olivia. And there's, first off, you might be Cartersville's favorite son, but your brother's the dopest. That's what everybody said. The outfits, <laughs> you know, the first I mean? one. <laughs> like everything about him is, is really cool. You know, the thing that you guys partnered with, with Tops when mm. you came out of school, but you mentioned your faith earlier. And we live in a world that as we move further away from the church, when you pronounce your faith, it's unfamiliar to people. And sometimes it can be attacked. But you mentioned finding your faith for yourself as a freshman uh, and discovering things and hearing different things about Chase. He was one to always question. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship with him but also how finding your faith for yourself is truly what's propelled you to really believe that God has ordered your steps. Yeah, so I mean, you guys obviously don't know my brother, but he's, he's a little different, but in the, in the best way. I mean, we're, if you heard both of us talk, we sound the exact same. Our, our demeanors are pretty similar and we're like best friends. So, but anything, everything else, we're completely different. Like interest, you know, size, all those things. We look completely different, um, but we've always been super close, especially since I kind of got to middle school, high school, because he's he's four and a half years older than me. So until then, it was like, he's a lot older, he's doing his thing. And then when I got a little older, we kind of got really close. And he's always been the guy, he questions everything. He's kind of a rebel, all that stuff. And to have him in my life, it really did influence me in a lot of ways before I even knew it growing up. And then when it became, you know, to in that season where my brother really became strong in his faith. And like I said, when I found him my freshman year, and he, you know, was discovering things a few years before that, he had a huge voice in my life because there's certain people I'm sure you guys know, like in, in religion or whatever, that you talk to and it's like, you know, you almost feel like you can't get a straight answer on certain things because you don't know if they've asked those questions themselves. And But my brother, along with other people in my life, I know that he has. So mm -hmm. I could ask him about anything. We could talk about anything. And we just have had so many good conversations and he's been a huge pillar in my life for, you know, my faith, but also just as a person. So my brother doesn't, my brother doesn't give a damn about football at all. Like he could care less. Like he'll come to a couple games a year. He'll watch, he'll only watch it if I'm on, like he doesn't watch any football games. He doesn't even watch a Super Bowl. So right. tell him in it. So he probably <laughs> won't, I don't even know if he's watched one before. So it's like, he's been a uh, such a steady voice in my life because of who he is. What about the monk picture though, bro? The monk. <laughs> so y'all seen that? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. So they painted it as like a skull. I was actually holding a grapefruit. And cause that was, I guess I was in, I don't know if I was in high school or college, but he'd have me. Cause my brother's an artist, so he'd have me like stand in if he needed something, and he'd paint it. If you look at, I mean, it looks just like my face. Yeah, it's exactly. crazy. So he's him and his wife Brooke. They're they're awesome, super talented, but uh, it's always fun. I love how I love how different we are. I think that's honestly what's connected us more than anything. Because 
I mean, you guys know in what we do, sometimes you just need to, you need to be around people that don't really care. And that's yeah. always been my brother. So it's been great. And speaking of your faith, bro, when I played, they had chapel, the Sunday morning chapels and all that. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the chaplain, what's the guy's name that does chaplain? The Preacher, chaplain. the chaplain. That's his, his name. name is the chaplain. <laughs> so this gets right to my point. That tells you how many times you went. Never went. And he came up to me one day and he was like, hey, Crowder, what happened Sunday morning? I said, Saturday night happened Sunday morning. <laughs> well, I'm not getting up this early to come talk to you. But that gets me to my point about you always speak about your faith. And I've heard you in other interviews and different things you talk about your faith. You're in locker rooms with people like me that aren't that way. Like, how do you, is there a balance where, you know what I'm saying, you don't want to be sure. preachy to your teammates, but you also want to be a good influence on others? Exactly what you said. I mean, I think, I think being a good influence on others is not, it's not always about saying the right things. Like, I, that's one thing I've tried to do in my life is carry myself a certain way where we can believe something totally different. Like, I, that's, that's who I am. That's a huge part, the main part of who I am. So I'm, not, I'm never going to hide that. Like, that has influenced every step of my journey, whether I knew it or not, to this point. So I can't hide from that either. But I'm, not, I'm never going to be the guy that pushes anything on anyone. I want to I be a guy that has genuine relationships with everybody. And I think through time, people see the way you live. They see different things about you, different characteristics, and they wonder, what is it? Like the same thing, like you guys asked me, you told me about, you know, my faith and humility and stuff. And I think some of those things can't help but come to the surface through time. And that's kind of been my approach to faith in a locker room when you when you have a lot of guys that don't necessarily believe what you believe. Um, and I just, like I said, I'll, the same thing though, I try to treat people the same, no matter who they are, no matter what they believe. Guys that might believe the exact same thing as me, and we'll go, we'll do small group, we'll do Bible study, go to chapel, whatever it is, and that's great. But I don't, you know, I don't, see them or feel any different about them than I do about the guy who could care less about it. You know, I'm going to treat them the same. So I think that's where I've always tried to keep that stance because I think it matters how you treat people. And I think if there's a time where that comes and that person wants to know why I am the way I am, then I'm an open book, then come talk to me and we can have that conversation. And I think that's where um, the door's kind of just always left open. That's how I view it. If I play with you and you saw me in the steam room trying to sweat out the Hennessy Wednesday morning, <laughs> I got, I got the, I smell like a stripper. I got glitter on my chest too. <laughs> would you say something to me? What, what would be your approach to me playing linebacker for the Jags? And you saw me in that situation. And I knew, I knew. What you was you going knew on. what was going on. <laughs> you, you, you knew it. I would just be like, "You have a good night last night." <laughs> sit, down, <laughs> sit down next to you and just hear, hear what you were up to last night. <laughs> and I would. That, that already makes you feel accountable. Cause once he walks in, you're already thinking like, "Godly, <laughs> come trail." You know what I mean, right? You sit, you sit up straight. But even you, you smell, smell. smell like that Henny, though. You're like, he got me. Steam, I feel accountable. Steam will pull I'm, down. I'm accountable. <laughs> but it, it, it's some people you feel like you let down, right? Yeah. You, you have to feel that yes. way. I've said that before. Right. Yeah. Right. Even that's, yourself. In my older life. When you look back at those certain people, do you think that's a good or a bad thing? At the time, at 21 years old, they pissed me off. Mm. Like, leave me alone, bro. You do your job. And actually, the dude that was preaching to me wasn't even a starter. Get out of my face, sorry, guy. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I have a job yeah, you yeah. don't. You know what I'm saying? At that point, yeah. now I look back, we talked about it before, where now I look back and I do have some regrets of, I had a, I had a pretty good career. What could it have been if I wasn't partying, hanging mm -hmm. out? Or if I, you know, if I was more faithful and, you know, stuck to it. And I think about that. I still party now, Trev. Let's not lie. You know, I'm not the <laughs> perfect guy now, but I do look back and yeah. I would say, I don't like the word regret, but I do look back and say, damn, what could I, what could I have been if I wasn't? Gotcha. Running the streets like that. Hey, Trev, you said it matters how you treat people. So you have I-285 from Cartersville to Athens goes that way. Mm -hmm. And then you have I-85 from Cartersville 
to Clemson, South Carolina goes that Not way. <laughs> you said it matters how you treat people. And your decision during the recruiting process, obviously you chose Clemson. Was it really that much of a, a, a difference in how they treated you guys down there during the recruitment um, process? Yeah, I mean, I, the position I was in, I was a big recruit, so I was treated well. But I, I think the, you know, the underlying, the beliefs, the way the two programs kind of went about their business, the way they carried themselves, I think they were a little bit different. You know, I had a great relationship with Coach Smart. I actually just saw him two weeks ago in the Bahamas, like ran into him, we caught up, and, you know, I hadn't talked to him since high school, but had a great relationship with him and with Coach Sweeney. What it came down to for me was just the people, the rest of the people, everybody, all in all. I felt like at the time, and who knows, Georgia's obviously built something special, so it's, it's, it's worked for him, but I felt like at the time to go with who I am and the way I kind of wanted my career to go and especially the people I wanted to surround myself with, I, I felt like Clemson was the right place for me. And it's interesting you ask because I think that that goes back into my faith journey as well. I think God kind of, he kind of orchestrated my steps before I knew it. Because when I was deciding, you know, I felt really good about both schools. And I just felt something about Clemson, but I really couldn't put my finger on it. Like, I didn't know what it was. I was like, I just feel drawn to this place for some reason. And I kind of went back and forth, went on a couple more visits to each of them. And then it's like, all right, I'm, going, I'm choosing Clemson, I'm going with it. And looking back now and the friends that I have in my life, the influential people that I met that have just really helped me become who I am. It's cool looking back on like what could have been if I went to Georgia? Like how would that have been different? How would I be different? Like I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I think it's cool to see how that was all kind of orchestrated. I think I know a bit of the answer. It's um, the answer is Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> From high school, you pretty much you broke all of his high school passing uh, yards as he uh, played in Gainesville, Georgia. Right? Gainesville, that's right. Yeah, and then when you went over to Clemson, you all of the the marks there as well. When the last time you seen Deshaun? Have you seen him in a while? We we played the Browns in the preseason, so that was the last time I saw him. Right? Did he tell you stop following me? <laughs> even to the, even to the AFC always, he, South, you're yeah. breaking my records, you, you <laughs> broke my records in school. You guys have a lot in common on the field. Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, I would always I would always pass that Gainesville exit from Cartersville to Clemson every time I'd go back and forth from, you know, home back to school. Um, but yeah, he's always he's always shown a lot of love. He's never been any of that, you know. He that's just not kind of how he yeah, carries himself. <laughs> but it's uh no, he's definitely we've had very similar journeys and his his was similar too. Like he, I think he was Recruited by Georgia, obviously, too, and decided to go to Clemson. And so we've heard heard that a lot. So right. the story starts. Miller Forrestall. Oh yeah. Miller. That's my guy. Good old Miller junior year. It's my it's, it's Miller's time. He's getting recruited. He starts for four games. We're gonna change the offense, and Trevor Lawrence is gonna become the starter. <laughs> right? We're gonna go 52 or two. We're gonna win 41 in a row. We're gonna go back to back. Trevor Lawrence is gonna go to Clemson. Kelly Bryant, college football playoff, 12 and 2. He got four games, too, and Trevor Lawrence, again, is now the new starting quarterback of the Clemson Tigers as a freshman. That all leads you, bro, to the national championship against Alabama. Nick Saban is on the other side, and as an LSU guy, I'm going to be honest, when it gets to that point in the year, as much as I hate Alabama, you root for everybody SEC because yeah. you at least <laughs> want to say that you would have won the championship if you weren't in SEC West, and you absolutely destroy him. You know, everyone knew about you before that moment, being the recruit you were, I think it said like number six rated of all time. But that was the coming out party where you solidified yourself and showed the world exactly who you were and who you could grow to be. What was that moment like for you? 
it was crazy. I mean, it really was. My whole freshman year was just it was a blur. Like I like I said, we came into camp and or really spring ball because I came in early. I'm competing, and there was there was Kelly, there was Hunter Johnson. Uh, Chase Bryce, a couple guys ahead of me that were big recruits. Obviously, Kelly was a starter, took him to the playoffs the year before, all those things. Odds are kind of stacked against me at that point, but I'm just trying to come in. And at, at that point, you can kind of play free because I'm the freshman that's here early and in spring ball, so I'm just ripping it. And then that kind of obviously caught some eyes of the different, some of the receivers, the coaches, all, all those guys. And then we get to camp and we're competing, going back and forth. I feel like I had a good camp. I'm like, I'm kind of closing the gap now. And then he was still the starter, though. You know, it was too tight, really. It wasn't like they were going to let the freshman just take it off of camp. So, you know, going to the season, all that happens. And then, so I came in the Georgia Tech game, and I think through three or four touchdowns, we ended up beating them pretty good. And then they named me the starter the next week. And first quarter, I get knocked out against Syracuse, actually. So we were... We were 4-0, that was the fifth game, get knocked out. We almost lose that game, so that's our now our third-string quarterback, Chase Bryce, all on his shoulders to go win the game in the second half, and we're losing by, I think, 14. We ended up winning the game, and looking back, what's crazy is we ended up going undefeated, but Syracuse only lost one ACC game. So if they would have beat us, we wouldn't have even gone to the national championship, so we wouldn't have even gone to the playoffs because they would have won the ACC. So that's just a little side note. But uh, it's a crazy year. I was I was fortunate to be surrounded with Honestly, one of the best college football teams of all time. In my opinion, it's a hot take. You guys probably got other opinions, but we had Christian Wilkins, A.J. Terrell, Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryant, Dexter Lawrence, myself, Justin Ross, T. Higgins, Travis, Hunter Renfro, um, and so on and so on. Trayvon Mullen at corner. At the time, I didn't necessarily realize that. You naming it, bro, that's crazy. It's crazy. Trayvon Mullen, who's a corner. Yeah. So we had Kayvon Wallace, who plays for the Eagles now. We were, we were loaded, and I didn't even know it either. I came in, I'm like, I mean, obviously, Clemson's good. We've been in the hunt the, the years before I got there, and then coming in, I was like, all right, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So I'm like, all right, this is like, I guess it's a normal team, and then just to see, I, like I said, I was fortunate to be on a great team, and it's crazy. The, the year was nuts. I mean, the year we had, and just the way we ended up playing those last two playoffs, playoff games, I mean, crushed Notre Dame and Alabama to win it. It's like pretty pretty historic, and then you learn quick over time how special that team was. We all come back and all these guys are gone. I'm like, damn, we lost a lot of guys. <laughs> we lost a lot of guys, but um, we figured it out still. But no, it was it was a special year. And at every level, because I actually just said it, you just go and take people's jobs. Really? It's what you did. High school, you take people's jobs. Garden College, Mitch, you had to go to a whole different team. When it, when it take people's jobs, got to the league. You weren't on the bench that long. You still have friends. You named them all. Like, I'm sure you're still buddies with the guys who took their yeah. job. What's the difference in taking guys' jobs at the different levels? It's different on this level, especially because it's a, it's a real job. Like, it's not, a, it's not just a, like you say, job, but here it really is. Like, that's what, you know, this people's, that's how they're making a living. So I think it's a little different on this level, but I also think that as you get older, in my experience, especially when you, we're with more mature people, they understand. Like, we're all trying to do the same thing. No matter, even now, like, whether it's, me, CJ, and Nate, those are the three guys we got now. There's a certain way to go about it in the quarterback room because it is a different position. Like, you can't, you know, you don't want to step on anyone's toes, but we all are, are under the same understanding of, I'm going to play the best I can. I hope I get an opportunity. I don't want anything bad to happen. I don't want to, you know, hopefully the season goes great. I play great, but I know that CJ is going to be ready because he's working his tail off for that opportunity, you know, and whatever it is. I mean, obviously he wishes the best for me, but there's that aspect of, Everyone's ready for their shot, and when they and when they get it, 
like they're gonna take it and run with it. So I think that's an understanding, but when you're coming in as a rookie, and especially when you're first round pick and you're coming to a place who, you know, needs a quarterback and this is like, you're expected to take the job and the guy that's here who Gardner, I mean, Gardner played great here. He's a good player. So coming into that, into that situation, it's a little different, you know, you kind of, and that's where I, I'm just gonna go to work. I'm not gonna worry about anything. I'm not gonna step on his toes though, cause I hadn't earned anything yet. So I, and I think our staff did a good job of kind of working me into the fold, but um, it's definitely, that's always an awkward few months. Every play, Cartersville, Clemson, and here, those first few <laughs> months when you're, when you're trying to prove yourself, but you're also trying to do it the right way, cause you still wanna have a relationship with the guy. But I will say when I took Miller's job in high school, actually helped him out. Now he's playing tight end with the Browns right now, but uh, he played quarterback, had a couple small school offers. I came in as a freshman and he got moved to tight end and then he ended up going to Alabama playing tight end. So I think it, it worked out all right for him. So <laughs> You're welcome. He might be the one that I helped out in that situation. But. but you've had a lot, like tremendous expectations on every level. You know, even high school, they expected you to go up there and be great. College, when you got there, and obviously being selected number one overall here, in Jacksonville, how were you able to um, manage those expectations? And um, and with that, what type of struggles did you have early on in the transition from college to the pros? Yeah, it was uh, definitely tough going from because going into Clemson, obviously there were some expectations. But I, you know, you're a young player, you come in, you know, we, they already had Kelly, six successful program. So there's only so much pressure on you, especially when you're stepping into a team that you know is gonna be a really good team. And I think, so that's different, you know, that transition and then coming here, there's a whole nother set of expectations because now, you know, you're supposed to be the face of the franchise, you're the first pick, you're supposed to start day one and you're supposed to completely flip around uh, the results, that end of it from the year before. And that's kind of the expectation, you know? So that was tough coming here and, and you, you feel the weight of that, but still trying to like, channel it the right way and trying to just carry yourself like it's not there is, is tough sometimes, especially during the season when I'm not playing well, when our team's not playing well, we're not very good, we're, what were we, two and 14 going into the last game. It's like, it gets tougher throughout the season when those just keep piling on you. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely tough to manage those. I will, it's, it's, been, it's been a journey, it's helped, it's helped me a lot now, having some success though, that I went through that my rookie year. Right. Because I think that's that's about, I've never had to go through anything like that. I've always been on good teams. I've always been, you know, I haven't had any issues. I've always been successful. I've, you know, played great. And then you get here and it's a different story, you know. Yeah, and it, it is a different story, especially in year two. We don't even want to talk about year one. Uh, but Coach Peterson, you know, former quarterback, former NFL quarterback, how has he helped your transition and development into your success last year? He's been such a steady voice for me. Just, I mean, we, I've always talked about this story. We lost five games in a row last year by one score or less, just all in a row. And that was when I think we started two and one. We lost first game of the year, won two in a row, two pretty impressive wins. We thought, I, I thought we we're over the hump. We're, we're going to start rolling. Then we lost five straight, one score. And every week, it didn't matter, even after that fifth one, he was the same every day. Every meeting after the game, Monday morning, whatever it was, he never changed. And I think that's, that's what helped us propel past that and end up finishing the season so strong is because we look at our leader and he's not changing. So why would we? And you know, he's kind of, he, and he's seen it all. He's had success. You know, he's had 
rough years as well. And for him just to be the same every day, I think that's something that I admire and that's how I try to carry myself. So to see that from him, it makes it even easier for me to carry myself that way. You mentioned having a ton of success, whether it be at Cartersville or Clemson in the first year with how you guys fared. You're a Tennessee fan. Peyton Manning's your favorite quarterback. It's why you wear 16. He was, I think, 26 TDs, 28 picks his first year. I think you were 12 and 17. The next year, he flipped it around a little bit, not as much as you did, but the team was better, much like yours. And in speaking about the troubles you had in year one, you just told us about the troubles in year two. And you have a close-knit relationship with Zay and Christian. And there was a meeting that you guys were hanging out and kind of going through the record that we were four and eight. Here is how we had to go. Can you tell me a little bit about the conversations you three had that you felt like you could still get to the playoffs, but knew you couldn't lose any more games? You never want to look ahead, but when you're sitting at four and eight, and like I said, too, you've lost so many close games, you know you're a good team and you're just not quite winning those games. You're sitting there four day, you know what you have to do to kind of finish. So we're looking at the schedule and we're like, all right, this is what we got left. I think we had Tennessee, Dallas, New York, Houston, Tennessee. That was our last five games. I'm like, all right, we got we got Tennessee and Tennessee. We've, you know, hadn't hadn't been beating them lately, and but we gotta win that game. We got Dallas, who Dallas is good team, them at home. So we end up looking at all them like, we gotta win all these games, but we really can. Like there was nobody we were scared to play because we'd I mean, we've played all these teams. We've, I mean, we played the Eagles early in the year. I had five turnovers, and we still lost by one score. It's like we've seen what we're capable of. We just got to put it all together. And we had that conversation one night. It was after the Detroit game, right after it. We, we, got, we landed. Christian lives in my neighborhood. Went over to his house, hanging out. Zay came over, and we're just talking about, like, look, we got we to gotta do something. We're sitting here four and eight. This is not what any of us expected. We got to flip this thing around. And that was kind of what started it. And then... Every, but everyone in here felt that way. You know, we talk about three guys, but it takes more than it takes a lot more than three guys to do it. So um, that kind of carried over to everybody. Yeah, you I mean the play I remember so much about that run was Jinx touchdown. The ball bounces, playing the, the Cowboys ball bounces off oh, yeah. the receiver in overtime, pick six, and like it feels like those plays start to happen for you, and those things have to get rolling to get on a streak for like sure. that. You know, you have that streak, you win the AFC South. And you're pretty much going up against like your physical doppelganger in Justin Herbert. You know what I mean? Uh, both tall guys can throw it through a pinhole, but that game's not necessarily going mm -mm. like you want it to go. And you mentioned everybody in here having to be together. Yeah. But in your letter to Jacksonville, you said it's 27 0. I've thrown the ball to the other team and no one left, no one quit on us. Talk a little bit about that experience of you win five straight, you put yourself in this position, and you're down 27 nothing, largely because of things yeah. you were doing, but still having that support from the Jacksonville fans. It was huge. I think the whole transition to see how like the belief went from went from like our staff to start with, down to the team throughout the season. And then slowly into like the city as a whole and into the stadium and the fan base. And I think, you know, we'd had so many games at that point, like you said, Dallas, Tennessee, Baltimore, all three of those games at home to finish the year where we sitting there and it's not looking like we got a good shot to win the game. We somehow find a way to win, whatever it is. It's every scenario was different. So the, the fans had seen that and to see them see that and then come into a playoff game, we're down by four scores and 
still believe. That's, and that's what everybody says. I see people, you know, when I'm out, whatever, at dinner, whatever it may be, and they're like, man, we, I, everybody says the same thing. We knew y'all were going to win, which everybody probably says that when you win. <laughs> right. if, if, we, if we lost, maybe it wouldn't have been the same way. But it, I, I believe it, though, because that's like our stadium was still full. And I think having that support from them and also from the guys in here when you're not playing well, like you can feel when you're on certain teams, when you're not playing well, you feel the guys looking at you and you, you know you got to change something. And that was never like that here. All the guys are like, we're good. You know, we know you're going to get it back. So it's like when you have that belief, that's what it takes. And then, like you said, the ball has to bounce your way too sometimes. And, that's, and even Coach Peterson talks about that. When we were on our run, he's like, the ball didn't bounce our way some of these other games. It's going to have to in some of these. We're going to have to play great, obviously, but sometimes it takes some of those things to propel you, and it did, and, you know, here, here we are. But in those moments of adversity, like, where does your mindset go? Just flatline. Like, I, I, I don't think of any, any different whether we're whether I've thrown four touchdowns or thrown four picks. There's definitely a, a more a bigger sense of urgency, and I think my intensity goes up a little bit when I'm not playing well just because I feel that. Like, I, I, I hate that feeling of nobody ever wants to be the guy that you're the reason why the team didn't win a game or whatever it is. And not that the guys look at it that way, but that's kind of how it was in that game. So I knew I had to flip a switch, but I told the guys on the sideline, you can't, we can't score 27 points on one play. So it's going to take play after play. I said, just get, let's get one here. Let's go get one. And we did before halftime. We got one back. And from there, it was like, all right, 27-7. And sitting in here, I mean, it was crazy how calm everyone was down three scores in a, you know, in a wild card game. But I think that's, that's what's helped me is one play at a time. Like the same mentality is help, helps me keep playing well is what helps me bounce back when I'm not playing well. It's just focus on one play. Don't get too far ahead. Something had to change, Trevor. <laughs> well, here, at the halftime, something changed, bro. I love all this cute shit. Everybody was together. Something changed well, when you came you, out of half. Also, if you go through all the turnovers that we had, it was mostly obviously the tur turnovers, and then the crazy. They had a punt also into our territory that bounced off of, I guess one of our like I don't know if it, who was one of our our gunners what or who it was that was yeah. a protector there bounced off his head. So then they got the ball inside the ten too. So really, we had five turnovers in the first half. Um, so, but you look at the picks, it was like a fourth down. We went for it, contested play, got to get the ball in your hand, I'm about to get sacked. Fourth down, throw it. All right. One, one time, Asante fooled me, covered two, picked off our shallow route. That one, he got me. The other one, I mean, it was a contested play. It was just kept like back to back. Like, I was going to keep ripping it because that's the thing. Is like, I'm not going to, if I throw a pick, if I change how I play, we got no chance. You know, if I try to shell up and just check it down, whatever, obviously there's a time, but. It's like, if I do that, we don't have a chance. So I'm just going to keep firing it. And then the ball started to not bounce their way in the second half, and we started getting hot, and we got that confidence. And then we also started to play fast on offense. Like, we started jumping to no huddle, and we had them on their heels. And I think it's tough being in their position where you got a 27-point playoff lead. And then it gets down to, all right, now it's a now it's a 17-point lead. Now it's a 10-point lead, and they see it creeping down. And then you get them on their heels, and mm -hmm. now you feel like, even though you're down by two scores, you kind of have the advantage, and that's where it started to flip in the second half. But you know, yeah. the the next week you play Patrick Mahomes, and I, I said this on air. Patrick Mahomes is kind of like Michael Jordan. When you look at the AFC, you know, recently released, they did like an evaluation or survey, and top ten quarterbacks, seven of them are in the AFC. Yeah. 
you're in there as well. But when Michael Jordan played, there were all of these good players, all pros, all NBA guys, all stars. And they just couldn't get to a championship because he was in their division or in their conference. For you, Patrick Mahomes said it on the show that's on Netflix that, nah, like, dude's going to win some Super Bowls. And even just talking to his coaches about how good of a player you are, how talented of a quarterback you are. Deontay Thompson, who was in this locker room last year, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, when I first got there, I didn't know. He's like, but when you watch him, he's like, he's an absolute star. And he's an Alabama guy, so he probably was hating yeah. on you a little bit um, <laughs> initially. When you start to hear some of these things and people, I guess, they've always projected you to be a certain thing, but now that they're starting to come to fruition, how excited does that get you for not only your future, but the future of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, I mean, like, there's some good quarterbacks in the AFC for sure. And um, if you want to be the best, you got you to gotta beat the best. I mean, that's how it's set up for us. Same thing. Last year we had our shot. And so we said after the game, we're going we're gonna to get our shot again. And when it comes, we just got to be ready for it. And that's all you can control. But we got to get back there. You know, you can't be looking at Kansas City right now. We gotta get we gotta get back to that point where we get another shot at them, the Cincinnati's, Buffaloes, all those teams that have been you know in the hunt. Um, but yeah, it makes me really excited, especially especially knowing how I felt halfway through my rookie year and how I feel now, and the confidence that I have, and not not really myself necessarily. That as well is super high, but in this group, in this staff, and like the whole city, I think it's been cool to see how that's flipped because it's a totally different place than it was a couple years ago. And I'm sure you've seen it go yeah. like this over mm -hmm. however many years, you know, so 100. you've seen all of it. <laughs> 100 years. <laughs> Back when he was battling Franco Harris. Yeah. Watch out, man. No, but it is the excitement. You can feel it. Yeah. Even I was upstairs in the building doing the game. You, you can feel it. You can feel the fans, especially when we struggled before half and then it kind of evolved into that comeback. Yeah. Um, it was an amazing atmosphere. But you talk about excitement. You got your tight end locked in for oh, yeah. another three years. So he he tweeted, I'm home. But you also have a new addition in Calvin Ridley. Mm. How excited are you about that weapon? Can't wait. I mean, he, me and him are equally as excited to play together because he's obviously hadn't played. He hadn't been on the field in, for, in forever. So just seeing him, how he's worked, I think that makes me more excited than anything. Like, he's so ready to go. Like... He's been here every time I need something. He's like, we throwing? Like, we ready? Like, let's go. And I'm like, all right, I need a couple weeks. Like, let me get, let me get settled in this offseason, and then we'll start working, you know. But he's just chomping at the bit to go. And I, to see that and to see how he's fit in with our other receivers, it's been so seamless. Like, him, Christian, Zay, right. all those guys, Ag, they're just, they're just taking care of each other. And I'm excited for our group. It's going to be a fun year, and he looks good. He's a, he's a freak. I mean, I can't wait. And then obviously Evan, that's my guy. And these pieces are starting to solidify. And you know, you need a you need a good crew around you if we want to go the distance. And I think we're we're putting it together. So love it. Hey man, the training camp tour has been hot. And I ain't talk about with just heat, just literal guys sitting down with us, spitting nothing but hot fire. But we've teamed up with DraftKings to cool the people down a little bit. We're talking about a $10 million prize pool for best ball. All you got to do is use the promo code PIVOT when you sign up and you can get to the money.
Fellas, use that promo code PIVOT when you download that DraftKings app. And now you draft your team. Enjoy all the fantasy. You don't have to manage your team. No ads, no drops, no I should have started him. If you have the most points racked up at the end of the season, you get a $1 million first place prize. And if you don't know what Channing's talk about, stay right here on YouTube and just search Best Ball. They do a great job of telling you how to play. All you need is your phone, YouTube, DraftKings, Best Ball. Go get some money. Now remember, pull out your mobile devices, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code PIVOT when signing up for best ball, and it's your opportunity to play the entire season and come out as the big winner. We all play with the receivers and the tight ends. They are they're prima donnas, and they want the ball. They, they, really, their numbers, their, their success, their money's driven off numbers. How do you deal with the guy being like, damn, Trail, I was open, I was open first yeah. down, I was open third down. You hear, yeah, you hear, you hear a lot of stuff on the huddle. Not, not as much with those guys, I will say. Not even just saying that because I'm on camera and I play with them right now. But <laughs> it's really not. There are times, like, of course. And that's what makes – that's part – I mean, you guys know, that's part of what makes certain players great is that they want – they're selfish in that way, but it's not always a bad thing. So I think it's – you know your guys. You know how to talk to them. You know how to, like, level them out at certain times. You know how to calm them down. But really, we don't have a ton of that. I mean, I think guys understand, especially, and a, a big thing too is depending on who your guys are, when you're winning, that that solves a lot of that too, or it should. You know, there's always going to be a couple guys that have some complaints, but our guys have been great. And when you're winning, that that smooths over a lot of stuff. When you're losing and guys aren't getting the ball, that's yeah. a double whammy, and you <laughs> you better figure it out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, because if you complain and you're winning, like you're just actually a bad teammate. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you care about? Right. <laughs> you want to win or do you want, you know? Exactly. I don't see how many guys would have complained. What you have? Three guys that had over 60-plus receptions last year or something? Yeah, like that? we had, I mean, Christian receptions, I'm not sure, but Christian had over 1,000. Zay was right at like 800. Evan was right at around 800. I think they all, I think those three had 65 yeah. plus receptions so we, a piece or something like that. So exactly. Just, so we, the wealth gets spread, the, you know, from myself, but also the coaches do a great job of having, we got our certain things of, we know what guys do well, and we try to, because we understand that's part of the game is we got to put guys in situations to be successful and we got to maximize them. Like we're going to, we got all these guys, we're paying all this money. Why are we going to have a guy that, you know, we're, we're paying a lot that we only get them the ball? once a game, like that doesn't help anybody else. So I think there's all that. There's an understanding of that for sure. Understanding is a huge part of a team. It's also a huge part of marriage, right? Which you jumped into early. Um, you the know, rest of was in here, I was looking around. Oh, my She's coming right. over here. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, the, the 2021 Sports Illustrated article did a lot of things and put you under heat for certain things, but I don't think people read it the right way. The first thing I realized is that you're not the most competitive person in your marriage. <laughs> no, no. Marissa is. I was just, when she would jump <laughs> in and time in, I was like, that's the real dog yeah. in the house. But you also said there, though, that one of the biggest decisions in life is who you're going to spend your life with. And to have found that at such an early age, why am I waiting? Right? That's what you're looking for. How important has she been throughout your journey? Because there's a level... There's like superstar football players, and then there's like Trevor Lawrence in high school. And then there's Trevor Lawrence in college, what you're becoming in the pros. And we all need some sort of rock or foundation where if it's going bad, like you don't care. If it's going good, you also don't care. You can keep me humble. What has that relationship meant for you? It's been huge, especially, like I said, of the ups and downs I've already had in my first two years. I think that's having that person that I've known I mean, we met in fifth grade, so she's known me since before all the, before everything. <laughs> met in fifth grade. We didn't start dating in fifth grade necessarily, but um, yeah. So, I mean, just having someone that's been there throughout every step of the way, 
that's something that's really special to me, and I'm fortunate that I found that person, especially that young, before everything, you know, got crazy. Because it would be tough. I always say it'd be tough trying to find that person now. You know, it's one just on a trust level, but also just personality fit. Like this life is a lot different than a lot of people's lives, and you know, I think that's tough to find. And but she's amazing. Just the support she's shown me, like you said, in the good and the bad. Um, doesn't matter if I'm playing great, not playing great. And it makes the it makes the lows easier and it makes the highs even sweeter when you have the right person by you. Cause that's what life's about, really, about the people that you do it with. You do you're not gonna do anything great by yourself. And to have her and to have true friends around me, that's what makes being successful fun is when you have those those people and she's obviously one of them. So and bro, I I love love. <laughs> uh, here here he goes. But, I'm embracing myself. Right? <laughs> <laughs> do you do you? I don't want to say no regrets or anything like that. I, said, I hate that word earlier. Do you ever think about that you missed out on a life that could have been <laughs> fucking wild because you're the starting quarterback of the Jaguars if you were running? I mean, I don't think about I don't think about it in that way. I've thought about it. I've, I mean, it'd be crazy to not have thought about what life would look like if I wasn't married, especially young um i don't feel like i missed out because i see i have i have obviously a lot of friends that live that life and when you really see you get an inside look at it i don't that's not really what i want you know i think maybe at some point you're like dang you know i married young and you know but i honestly don't really don't really miss any of that i think in the position i'm in now it's like there's also only so much i can do i mean there's always a camera in my face there's always a phone in my face so it's like that's a whole nother thing but i think just the the value that I have in her, in Marissa and that I see in her and what she provides for for us and you know, our family and all those things is way outweighs what I think could have maybe been in another life of something else you know so I don't I really don't miss it I know that's like a said cookie cutter answer but it really like that's that's really how I feel and I think it also helps like in college we spent some time apart too we kind of went our own ways and figured stuff out and that's kind of when that's part of the journey of me you know, my relationship with God and how that kind of started. And then we reconnected and then we really did the thing. We got serious and then got married a couple years later. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've seen I've seen guys that are in that position. And, and it's funny because guys talk to me, not everybody's this way, but a lot of guys are like, man, I wish I had what you had. And you see them living the life that you're talking about. And I'm sure there's great parts of it and they enjoy some of it. But a lot of the guys are like, I, you know, or at least at some point they're like, I want, I want to find something like that because that's you know that's what I want. So I think that's that's also put it into perspective for me as well. Did the knee ever really touch the ground in the proposal? It or did. Not? It did. It, Man, it, 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 bro, it, it is not in the picture, bro. It is that was not the in first the thing that that came out when all that happened. And I was proposing. We were in the stadium, and there's people already stopping, like looking through the little like whatever cover up that we had, and they're like taking pictures. I couldn't even get it. Couldn't even get proposed without someone <laughs> get engaged without someone knowing, but. It went down. It went down. I had a nice suit on, so I didn't go down for long, but <laughs> it went down. You know, um, on June 13th, uh, 2020, uh, you had an opportunity at a social justice rally, peaceful protest, and you had a chance to speak. It can be a very difficult place to speak for a white quarterback who may not have experienced some of the things that his counterparts and teammates had experienced. And uh, you quoted First uh, Peter, four and eight above all love one another earnestly because love covers a multitude 
of sins. And I think that's a beautiful statement in what you were speaking about, but it also kind of is a microcosm of what a locker room is. How have you adjusted to leadership of adult men? Because you're still young, even though really talented. And there's a level of difference in people in here like no other place in the world, yeah, right? When we're in sure. high school, we're all 14 to 18. Life's pretty much the same. College, the same thing. There may be a young dude that's married like you or a young dude that's running like Chan. You have to be able to communicate with him. You have to be able to lead him, get him to follow you when you're down 27 nothing. Or as I was in my last three years, a guy who had won a Super Bowl already, ready, who was a team captain, but who also had a family young. How have you adjusted to being able to live or lead and communicate, coexist with all of these players within this locker room? Man, I, I think the same approach I've had that's helped me is, you know, coming in, like we talked about, competing for a job, especially when you're a young guys, like coming in and trying to take someone's job is, I've always kind of just taken the approach of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove myself, I'm not gonna say much, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna lead by example from there and I think I think you have to especially in what we do is because no one's going to listen to a guy what they don't know like he hasn't proven himself yet I don't think anyone's going to follow that guy so I've always tried to do it that way so I think it takes a little bit of time for that to come out the leadership part of it the vocal and the relationships with guys is because I want to prove myself to you I'm not going to try to tell you what to do before you even know who I am or you even have the respect for me so I've always tried to approach it that way especially early on and then from there, like I said, is uh, treat everybody the same. I'm going to treat, whether it's Zay and Christian, I'm going to treat them the same as Kevin Austin, who's a practice squad guy. Like, I'm going to treat them the exact, because I don't care. Like, I don't care what necessarily what you do or how important you are in this locker room. Like, I think when you treat people that way, people notice. And then that goes along with how you work, too. I think all those things, little things that over time people notice, people respect, and they'll follow you for that. And I, that's, uh, I just always try to do it that way. Any special places here in Jacksonville you like to go and kind of duck off to? Now they're going to find them. They're going to be special and ducks <laughs> off, Fred. Uh, hey, you watch the pivot? <laughs> he be at the Waffle House. Well, I'm pretty sure know they, be at the they, Waffle House. Yeah. they respect you, and, and all they want is an autograph and a photo. Yeah, so. honestly, everybody here is, is great. Like, I was surprised at how, I honestly think at Clemson, Clemson fans might not be happy to hear this. I think it was crazier there going out just because it's such a it's such a small town and everyone it's all football. Like here, I think people are a little bit actually more respectful of your space. They give us a little more space, so I'm not not as concerned about that. But now we go to, I mean, Hawkers is a good. You've been to Hawkers yeah. down in yeah. Hawkers is good. AB Kitchens down there is really good. I yeah. like a little spot called and and Yeho. Oh, and Yeho is good. And Bonavidra. Bonavidra. Yeah, I go to that one too. Yeah. So, uh, Foxy Lady? That's nah, probably a strip club. Come on, man. No, I was just asking, ask, we yelling out names. That was Fox. Man, some shit. I can yell my name? It was actually called a Silver Fox, but that's <laughs> there that we was, go. Lady. I think they uh, tore it down. But Trev, uh, we always ask our, our guests, what's their biggest pivot? It's I got a lot more life left to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But no, well, to I this think, point, yeah. Yeah, to this point. Sense. No, that's a good question. I think uh, I'll do two different. Like in my career, has been coming here and trying to navigate um, kind of the position I'm in and who I'm supposed to be with where I'm currently at and how to figure out when the results don't come, like who I who am I? And I think that's something that I never really had to face 
until I got here because the results were always there. It's, all, it's easy to say, I'm always the same person, no matter what. Well, well, that's when things are always going well. So I think I got really challenged in that aspect. And that was a huge pivot in my life of where I, I, I prove it to myself that I'm the same every day, no matter if we're terrible or if we're great. And I think that was big in my life. And that gives me a lot of confidence now moving forward. Um, and then personal life, like I like I already talked about, like a broken record, but just my faith and uh, that relationship I have with Jesus, like when I found out my freshman year, and figuring that part of my life out really has helped me. And like I said, the other pivot of coming here and having to figure out, you know, where my confidence is, like how how that's tested finally, like that coincides with my faith because we talked about even the Sports Illustrated thing. At the end of the day, I know that this is not the biggest thing in life. And of course, I wanna be great. I wanna be the best quarterback to play. I wanna win a lot of Super Bowls. I wanna do all those things. But at the end of the day, there really, there's more to life. There's, there's, this isn't the only thing, it's a game. Like it's a game that we all have played, that we play and we all love it and it's done a lot for us. But I think having that perspective has also shaped like the steps that I take and the way I interact with people and you know the decisions I make. I think all of that, it really goes together. Um, so, but more to come, more pivots to come, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The mural in Cartersville reads, defeat the noise and rule the quiet. Whether it's at the Capri restaurant or it's on the field, you seem to have found a way to do that. And there's been a lot of noise around your life. And I'm sure sometimes in here, it provides some quiet and also on the field. I've known you, I met you before your senior year at the opening, mm. and you have not changed. You know, <laughs> you've always been the same, which is a compliment though, because you've had opportunities to, to be a different person. And anybody who points to that 2021 Sports Illustrated article and doesn't read to the bottom is just a dummy. Because Coach King in high school asked you, what are your goals? And you said, he said the goals weren't win championships. It wasn't be the number one quarterback in the country. It wasn't throw for 3,902 yards, 161 touchdowns. It was to be the best to ever do it. And whatever your motivation is, bro, to do that, then let that be the motivation. Mm -hmm. What people say outside doesn't matter. Always been yeah. a fan, bro, since I met you before your senior appreciate year. Appreciate you, brother. And I continue to grow as you continue to grow, bro. And we appreciate you, man. Best of luck this year. Before we shut it down, because this is this is my house, but yep. you got the keys. <laughs> so this is your house. I just want to say, as RC was saying, on behalf of the pivot, myself, RC, Chan, and Alicia, we appreciate you. I know we've been trying to put it together. We saw you at the Fanatics party, mm -hmm. and you said, look, I got you. We're going to make it happen. But also for the people in Jacksonville, because they DM the hell out me. We need <laughs> Trevor on, on the on. show. <laughs> when we going to get a Jaguar? We're like, we try we gonna make know, it happen, yeah. right? Well, I, and I told I told you guys because we we thought about doing something maybe in the season, right? And I was like, we, that was when we weren't. It's tough. We yeah, weren't like, I was like, we got to get this figured out yeah, first. Like, I gotta, out. I can't hop on because you guys. I mean, I really respect how you guys do because there's a lot of different ways you can do a show like this, podcast, all that stuff. But you guys talk about real stuff, which I appreciate. It's not just. It's not just cookie cutter, bland, you know, and I, I really appreciate it. I've had a great time just chopping it up with that you guys. And I wanted to be, I wanted to be in the right headspace, in the right place when we did it, because I knew it was going to be great conversation. I don't want to speak on 
what I'm uh, football wise, what I'm gonna do before I actually did it. So I was like, I gotta get, let me get right before we before we sit down, and then. But no, I, it's been it's been great. Appreciate it's just awesome, man. It's great. Absolutely, bro. Appreciate you, my boy. Let's go, friend. Come on, friend. Man, appreciate, appreciate you, my boy. Enjoy that was awesome. That was great. Thank you. Some more love. We'll yes, sir. Chandler. Yes, sir. Great to great to actually sit down and talk for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was fun. Perfect. Did you say first? Yes. Hold up. Limitless. Take a summer cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm finna get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a summer cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm finna get me up.